From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Assange Dao hits new highs. Ave is launching a new decentralized social network. And Alchemy also hits new highs, valued in the billions. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. I don't know why, but I woke up this morning and I really had a question on my mind and something I just want to tell you. It's about my philosophy about being a good facilitator of conversation or a good podcast host or a good interviewer. I don't know why I thought about this this morning. Maybe it has everything to do with, I don't know, just different conversations in the news recently. But my philosophy about being a good interviewer or being a good podcast host or creating a show or a product that people want to come on and talk to you is to ask questions. And a lot of times, and just as personal opinion or personal experience as well, is a lot of times when you have people on the show, you get comments and emails from people and say, I can't believe you gave them that, that softball question. And a softball question doesn't mean that it's just easy. It also can mean that it's a question that takes a lot of thought. It could have a very slippery slope. We can deep dive into it. But it's also just a good setup for that person to stop to start talking. You want people to start talking on your show. You want to make them feel comfortable. You want them to talk about things that they know. You can challenge them, but you have to guess take a step back and don't pretend that you're the smartest person in the room. A lot of interviewers that are on podcasts, they or have shows in general, they want to be the smartest person in the room. They have these experts on so that they can go match wits with them. And I don't understand why. Why would you want to have somebody that's so smart on the show and try to compete with them in their realm of expertise? That's why I think you just have to, in my opinion, is you humble yourself and you just give questions and facilitate conversation and allow them to talk about what they know the best about. And through that conversation, you get to learn more. You also make them feel comfortable and also you uh, allow the audience to learn from who the expert is. And so I guess that's what, in my opinion, makes a really good interviewer or conversationalist is somebody that will have people on, somebody that will put their ego aside and ask questions that some people would think are stupid. I've gotten emails so many times that says, I can't believe you didn't know that. Well, I might have known that, but I asked the question so I can allow the other person to answer that so they can talk, so they can show their expertise, so they can. I'm interviewing them because they are them, <laughs> not because I know and I could read anybody could read Wikipedia and, and, and get the information and, you know, be a pseudo expert on something or, you know, pretend they're an expert on something. But that's why you have other people on for their opinions. I don't know why I was thinking about that this morning, but I just wanted to share that my ideas of what creates a good podcast host to facilitate conversation. And so it's asking questions, getting people to talk and allowing them to talk and showing their expertise. Don't pretend that you're the smartest person in the room, even if you might be the smartest person in the room. Just humble yourself. Don't show your ego. You don't have to trump the person that you're trying to interview. Allow them to shine and just make sure that you're setting up as much conversation as possible. I have no clue why I want to tell you that today. I just felt like that was on my mind this morning. 
Now going to an email that was written by a listener about the Board Ape Yacht Club doxing yesterday. And well, this is what Brendan said. Brendan said, hey, Matthew, honestly, the simplest way to frame the Board Ape Yacht Club piece is that journalists did what they normally do. Answer a question, who's behind Board Ape Yacht Club, which is really surprising other journalists haven't covered it. They are registered in Delaware and didn't even use a shell company, which seems kind of lax for folks that are profiting from a community that's all about self-governance and personal accountability. At the end of the day, they weren't doxxed at the level of Gamergate and what tons of folks on the internet have. Also, can we please highlight some NFT projects that aren't, you know, banded about by famous folks that are able to afford them? Brennan. Thanks, Brennan. I appreciate the email. Um, I'm not really into NFTs, to be honest with you. I, I tried to dabble a little bit ago. I had no real connection or passion with it. And I was trying to make money, to be honest with you, with it. Other than that, I have NFTs in a, in a wallet that I haven't looked at in months. <laughs> Maybe there were something. Probably they're not. My buddy is in Dapper Dinos and V Friends. Mm, that's pretty much it. And as for journalists being journalists, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, if it's a Delaware company that is registered, like, why don't you just take a look? And you, you have a very good point. Why didn't somebody do this earlier? All right, that's enough rambling this morning. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 11.06 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got Bitcoin sitting at $43,405, down 0.8% in 24, up 12.3 in 7. Ethereum's at $3,075, down 1.5%. Tether's in the number three spot. Binance Coin is at $417, down 4.6%. USDC is number five. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, ADA, Solana, Luna, and Polkadot. Total market cap, we're at $1.97 trillion, a BTC dominance of 41.8, and an F dominance of 18.7. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. Our coin of the day today is number 197 on coin market cap, MetaBlock, ticker MED, price 4.48 cents down 3.8% in 24. Market cap 241 million, fully diluted is 352 million. Doesn't tell me their max supply and it doesn't tell me their percentage, which is call it, I don't know, what is that, 75% in circulation? All time high for Med is 35.2 cents. It's down 87.2% since then. And that was 10 months ago. Three years ago, his all time low was 0.0015 cents. It's up 3,000% since then. Where can you buy it? Bitthumb, Gate.io, and Bittrex. So, what is MedBlock? So, MedBlock is creating a patient centered health data ecosystem that can protect individual privacy and maximize the reliability of health data by developing. Pansia, a high-performance blockchain optimized for a health data exchange. So basically, it looks like your medical data on the blockchain. And, you know, I got into this kind of idea of this uh, back in 2017. There was a company called Patientory, and I was really stoked on the idea of, you know, getting your medical records on a blockchain and basically making it a decentralized service so you can have your private keys to your own data and send it or allow access people or doctors or hospitals access to your medical data no matter where you are and that's because i've been a friend of mine actually had to drive all the way across you know two different states to try to get medical records for his wife when she was pregnant uh, because the hospital that held the medical records in one city in a different state didn't communicate with the hospital that was in the other city and it was fast for him to drive there and grab those records and drive back then them just exchange data my girlfriend's a doctor as you heard yesterday and this is literally a problem there are three big hospitals around cleveland and two of them use the same system and one of them don't so communicating with that one hospital is a pain and so people that actually go to say her hospital 
and do medical records and checks and blood workups, it's easier for them to go and do those same checkups, even though they might have just had them, at the other hospital, do them all over again, then try to get that data from the other hospital. Let me say that again. Let's just say you have blood workups done in one hospital. If you go the next day to the other hospital, it's easier to do the blood workups again than sending the medical records from one place to the other place. It's ridiculous, honestly. So I was very excited about this whole idea of controlling your medical records. However, I haven't seen anybody do it well. And since it's very valuable siloed data, I can't see any hospital or any data siloed centralized center or whatever they're called, business or industry, actually letting people do this or taking a decentralized system and letting you control your data because it's just too valuable and people will lobby. These companies will lobby to make sure it stays out of your hands and make sure they control this data. So good luck to MedBlock. Patientory, they haven't done anything in a long time. Their coin, their token just went down like super, super big. But this is always one of those things I was passionate about. I hope that they fix this system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Moving to today's headlines. Alchemy is a startup that provides blockchain tools. On Tuesday, Alchemy announced that it raised another $200 million from the prominent venture capital firms Lightspeed and Silver Lake Capitals, giving the company a valuation of $10.2 billion. This is quite surprising and quite amazing, to be honest with you, because last April, when they raised $80 million, their value was half a billion dollars. Well, from last April to now, it went up 20x. Congrats to them. Just FYI. Alchemy builds tools that lets companies easily interact with blockchains, writing transactions, hosting nodes, and so on. The initial project suite was focused on Ethereum, but today Alchemy offers tools and array of other blockchains, including Flow and Polygon. Aave announced the launch of Lens Protocol, a decentralized social media platform built on the Polygon blockchain. It's named after Lens Clinaris, a plant that has a symbiotic relationship with soil bacteria. Okay. The open source Web3 smart contracts based social graph is based on an ecosystem of non-fungible tokens, dynamic non-fungible tokens to be exact. Users will create NFT based profiles that contain the history of all posts, mirrors, comments, and other content you generate while the content and follows on the platform are similarly represented by NFTs. Users will own their own data on Lens. The CEO said, We believe that content creators should own their own data and audiences in permissionless fashion, where anyone can build a new user experience by using the same on-chain social graph and data. He added, Twitter makes all revenue from your tweets and the content you share, and Twitter decides which of your tweets get traction through the algorithm. Twitter doesn't allow users to monetize their tweets and retweets, and if a user moves to another platform, they have to start from scratch. We, the content creators of the world, deserve to hold the power and control what we publish, says the CEO. I'm really excited for one of these social media, I guess, on blockchain or decentralized kind of concepts to start working, get gain traction so we can see actually how it works. The only thing that I have like a big question about is fine, you control your own data. Fine, you can monetize what you have. 
but like everybody that's used Facebook kind of wants to delete their Facebook and just it just disappear but we all know it won't just disappear if this is non-fungible tokens and in a blockchain is that even more permanent I don't know we'll have to wait and see I guess somebody else can tell me about this if you know the answer to that Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, has said that crypto and specifically the risks involved with the crypto industry will be a priority area of focus for 2022. The FDIC acting chairman said this, the rapid introduction of a variety of crypto assets or digital asset projects into the financial system could pose significant safety and soundness and financial system risks. It's imperative that the federal banking agencies carefully consider the risk posed by these products and determine the extent to which banking organizations can safely engage in crypto asset related activities. Which to me sounds bullish because they're trying to find solutions instead of just saying, nah, ban this, it's too risky, don't want to deal with it. Everybody remembers Constitution Dow. It was formed last fall to try to bid on a rare copy of the United States Constitution. They raised 11,613F, worth around $45 million at the time. Well, since starting its fundraising efforts on February 3rd, the Assange DAO has raised over 14,329F, or around $45 million. So more F, same amount of money. Why? Because F price went down, and when F price goes up, that's going to be a hell of a lot more money. Remember, Julian Assange is wanted on espionage charges stemming from WikiLeaks publishing classified government documents. He's currently in pre-trial detention in the UK, fighting extradition to the United States. If extradited and found guilty on all charges, Assange faces up to 175 years in prison. The Assange DAO, which includes members of the Assange family, launched December 10th in response to the UK court overturning a ruling that barred Assange's extradition to the United States. The DAO, which utilizes the Ethereum blockchain, distributes the Assange DAO Justice Governance Token to those who donate ETH. Those tokens currently have little in the way of actual value, but people who hold the tokens can vote on future DAO proposals. So people are donating. For example, Vitalik Buterin. He donated 10 ETH. As well as Martin Kopelman. He donated 10th as well, but also left this memo. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Edward Snowden tweeted this. The Assange NFT is doing real numbers. Very much looks like a protest vote against the White House's abuse of the Espionage Act. Valkyrie Capital has a new Bitcoin mining ETF focused on renewable energy, and it's been approved by the SEC, set to go live on Tuesday, today, on the NASDAQ under the ticker WGMI. We're gonna make it. Here's a fun one. FTX Exchange is going to give away hundreds of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin with a Super Bowl commercial tie-in. Basically, they have a commercial, and depending on when that commercial is aired, determines how much Bitcoin you're going to win. Here's an example, because they don't know when the commercial is going to be aired. If the commercial is aired at 8 p.m., then they're going to give away 8 Bitcoins. There's going to be four contest winners, so everybody can get two Bitcoin apiece. If it's at 9, 9 Bitcoins. If it's at 10, 10 Bitcoins. Anyway, the way that you participate is follow FTX and retweet their pinned tweet. You could also head over to my Twitter because I just retweeted it myself at Matthew Deemer, D-I-E-M-E-R. And you can find the tweet there, follow FTX and retweet their pinned tweet. One year ago today, one year ago, I think we talk about it like it was just yesterday. This is crazy. It was one year ago that Tesla revealed that it bought its first $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Well, it bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. It didn't buy any more since then. It did sell some. So it makes us ask the question one year later, was it worth it? And the short answer is, yeah. Yeah, it was. Their Q4 December 31st filings show that they made $128 million in profit by selling some of its Bitcoin. 
Well, Bitcoin's down a little bit today from when they bought it last year. Last year was sitting around $46,000. So they're probably around $100 million down from when they bought it. However, they sold it for 128. So it means they're up. It answered a lot of questions. Companies buying Bitcoin, holding on their balance sheets, just like the whole chatter around it and everything. It was a very, very important time for a company to come into Bitcoin and very, very important for the conversation. And I just can't believe that was a year ago already. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.